before I get into the word, I want to pray to God just for help and strength. Our Father, which are in heaven, Lord, thank you for today. Lord, I ask that you just give me the words to say to your people. Let me not stray to the left or to the right, Lord, but only speak whatever you command me to speak, O God. And let it be a demonstration of your Holy Spirit power. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. We've just been diving into this book of Revelation. We just finished up the seven churches. and What God was saying to those churches and the minister of that church and about getting things in order and repentance. The book of Revelation, the whole book is about, it's a warning and also encouraging. It's a warning as such that he's coming back. It's a warning such that we need to repent and turn away from our, yes. the sin that we're facing. Yes. But it's encouraging, though, and is that we will be in the presence of the mighty king. <coughs> this week, this sermon in chapter 4 talks about the throne of God. The throne room. There's going to give you a description of this throne and what it looks like. A little glimpse of what it looks like of the people around the throne. And have you ever wondered what it would be like when you get in those gates? Have you ever wondered how the glory of the Lord? will be upon you. Have you ever wondered what he would look like? Have you ever wondered what will we be doing in heaven? In Revelation 4, give us a little glimpse of what that looks like and what his throne, the one who sits on the throne, looks like. And that is encouraging because we can look forward to things. In Revelation 4, hallelujah, he said, after this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Hallelujah. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, Ooh, Lord, and I will show you what must take place after this. I'm going to break this thing down. It's a whole sermon just on this first verse. He said, after this, I looked. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> and he said, and there before me was a door standing open. The door wasn't closed to heaven. It didn't say that the door was closed in heaven. It said the door was open. Some of you in here, uh, you know somebody that don't know the Lord. He's telling us this door to heaven is open. This door to salvation is open. But you have to announce that Jesus is the Son of God. You have to live according to his will. That door is open for everybody. He didn't say the door was closed. He said it's open. 
I find that good news because it ain't closed yet. But when it closed, folks, it ain't no opening again. So take heed and, oh Lord, take heed and take advantage of and repent from your ways and walk in the will of the Father because the door of heaven is open. And then I get a little bit more excited. He said, in the voice I heard first, I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet. If you remember, he, 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 uh, Jesus said his voice was like a rushing water and, and, and like the sound of a trumpet. So who he's referring to is Jesus. He said, in the voice I had heard, first heard speaking to me like the trumpet, so it lets me know he recognized his father's voice. Oh, he recognized his father's voice. And then on top of all that, he said, come up. That voice said, come up here. What is this here that he's referring to? He talking about heaven. He said, come up here. See, this place is not our own. This place is only temporary. This is only just a glimpse. He said, our breath is like, this life is like a whisper. But see, heaven is eternal. He said, come up here. I get a little excited about that. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm about to lose it. I get a little excited about that. Come up here. He said, then he, and on top of that, he said, and I will show you what must take place after this. I'll show you some things. Not only that you're going to come, I'm going to show you, show you what my glory. He said, at once, at once I was in the spirit. In verse 2, there before me was a throne in heaven. Hallelujah. With someone sitting in it. Hallelujah. That's okay. If it ain't up there, pull your Bibles out. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't mind going back to the Bible. Hallelujah. 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 You would help if I was in Revelation. I was in 2 Peter just then. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. 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 He said, At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. So the throne wasn't empty then. I, you got you to read the text and see what it does not say. The text does not say it was the throne and nobody wasn't on that throne. The text says that I was immediately in the spirit. What that spirit? I'm going to tell you about that word spirit with a capital S. That capital S, that spirit was the same spirit in Genesis that was hovering over the deep. That said, oh Lord, that said, let that be light. That same spirit was the same spirit when, when Jesus was baptized by John and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit came descending upon him like a dove and God came out and said, this is my well-beloved son and who I am well pleased. It was the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave and it is the same spirit on Pentecost when the Spirit came, they began to speak in the different languages. It is the same spirit that, that, Rome, that, that Paul talks about in the book of Romans that said, we have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave lives in us. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I'm about to lose it. He said, it's the same spirit. And if that's the same spirit that John talk about, that's the same spirit that we got. Hallelujah. I get a little excited about that. He said, that before me was a throne in heaven and somebody sitting on there. And the one who sat, hallelujah. He even go into detail. He said, and the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. His appearance was glory. His appearance was beautiful. Hallelujah. He said, in verse 4, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Hallelujah. He said, surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. Hallelujah. Ooh, Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose it. Hallelujah. They were dressed in white and had crowns of what gold on their heads. I'm going to tell you something. Hey, if you don't believe in the Bible, if you believe just parts of it, you be like, oh, this is just trickery and stuff like this. I, I studied this in depth. See, this ain't the first time. John was the first time they had this type of vision. I don't know if you knew that or not. John, who wrote, uh, who wrote this revelation uh, when he was on the island of Patmos, wasn't the first one who had these type of visions of what we're talking about today. See, Isaiah had it too. Ezekiel had it too. Uh, and Daniel. So that's three people that had the same vision. Oh, man, y'all don't see. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to break it down for you, okay? Those books were wrote in two different eras. Okay? So Daniel... Daniel and Daniel and Ezekiel was about 35 years apart. From Ezekiel to Isaiah was about 110 years apart. But how is it that all three had the same vision? Ooh, hallelujah. How is it that he, all three of them had the same vision then in AD 97 when Revelation around that time when it was wrote? How did he See, the same thing that those three seen, because it, in 536 B.C., that means before Christ, right? They seen this before Christ was even born. Hallelujah. I get a little excited about that because that lets you know that this ain't no flute. It, how can all four people see the same thing? Let's go to the folks that say the Bible, oh, they're just a, they're just a book, ain't nothing real about it. But it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a book that have dates that chronologically it's impossible for everybody to know the same thing. He says, so, and I go, oh, man. So surrounded the throne were 24 other thrones. Okay. And seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white. And what else did they have? They, they had crowns of gold on their heads. Oh, boy. Let me, let, 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 let me, let me get back to it. Let me show you. Let me show you. We, we talked about in Sardis. We talked about the seven churches. Y'all remember the seven churches? In the seven churches, he had gave them a promise. You remember that promise? If you don't, I'm going to read it to you. It's in Sardis. Let me, let me, if you don't, I'm going to read it to you. Hallelujah. He said... He said, yet you have a few people in, in chapter Revelation 3 and 4. I don't have that up there, so if you got your Bibles, use them. He said, he said yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not saw their clothes. They will walk with me, guess what, dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, hallelujah, just not them, like them, will be dressed in white also. So that means to tell me that not just Sardis, he said those who walk just like them will also be dressed in white. 
So that includes me and you. I can't wait to put my all white on. Hallelujah. I can't wait to put my all white on. But I'm going to go a little step further about this crown of gold. The Bible mentions crowns of righteousness. The Bible mentions these crowns, these rewards that he had for his people. Hallelujah. You know they won't just get into heaven. You might get a little reward too. Amen. I want it all. I, I, I don't want to settle. I want it all. I want, I want the crown too. Let me, let, me, let, let, me, let me tell you what, uh, what Paul said in 2 Timothy. I don't have that up there, but if you got your Bible, just open it real quick. Just open it real, real quick. Hallelujah. In 2 Timothy, hallelujah, chapter number 4, verse 7. Paul said, oh, Lord, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is store for me a crown of what? A crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. Now, here's where you got to shout. He said, and not only to me, but to also to all who have longed for his appearance. So, oh man, so it ain't just for Paul. He said, it ain't just for Paul. He said, it's for everybody who alone his appearance, crown of righteousness. I'm going to go ahead and fit my head size on that thing and tilt it to the side just a little bit because I want my crown. He said, I not long for his appearance. I long for the day that I can just gaze upon his glory and his majesty and his power. See, oh man, you see, Jesus paid the price for us. He paid the ultimate price for us so that we don't have to live the way that we used to live and live in newness of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh man, he said that was dressed in white, man. That white means that you've been cleansed from that sin. Holy, righteous. It's mad to me, a long white robe. I don't mind. With me some overtoe sandals. Hey, man, I could just, you got to sometimes imagine that. It encourages you. Hallelujah. He said, from the throne, guess what? He even goes a step further. In verse 5, he said, from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbling and peals of thunder. In front of the throne were the seven lamps that were blazing. He even goes, he said, these are the seven spirits of God. The word those seven spirits is correlates with the Holy Spirit. Him standing before the throne. He's just giving you a picture of the throne. He said it was like ruby and, and jasper, an emerald rainbow, flashes of lightning rumbling and peals of thunder. In front of the throne was seven lamps that were blazing. The Holy Spirit was in front of the throne. He said also in front of the throne there were what looked like a sea of glass. He said it was clear as crystal. He painted an image. Can you see it? Can you imagine? He said in the center around the throne were four living creatures. And they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings 
and was covered with eyes all around them, even under its wings. Those creatures, when studying this, it's not actual creatures. It symbolizes those, the characteristics of God. The eagle represents sovereignty. The ox represents the humbleness and love of God. These animals, these creatures, represent who God is. Just like that eagle that we have in the United States that represent sovereignty, that represent might, that represent, you know that the eagle, compared to any other bird, the eagle, no other bird can fly as high as the eagle does. No other bird. I, I, I thank you, Holy Spirit. I just think about why did we choose the eagle? Because the eagle fly above everything else. Oh, Hallelujah. And nothing else yeah. can come to its height or distance. The eagle's eyes, you can see better than any other bird you can ever think of. Hallelujah. We chose the eagle. Hallelujah. He said, day and night, this is, where I, this is where I get a little, I get a little, oh man, antsy. He said, day and night, they never stop, hallelujah, saying, holy, holy, it's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I don't know about you, but I thought we just sung a song kind of similar to that. I think we just sung a song kind of similar to that that said, holy, holy, it's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Hallelujah. They are worshiping God. He just didn't say they worship on Sundays. He said day and night they worship him, calling him holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, That who was represent the past and who is represent the present and who is to come represent the future. He's everywhere at the same time. He's a sovereign God. I get excited. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What I don't get, what I can't understand is that if they're worshiping in heaven like that, and uh, what you think we're going to be doing when we get there? You think we're just going to be twirling our thumbs, sitting on the pews? Oh, okay, there go God. How you doing, God? No, we're going to be worshiping. So listen, how is that? If we know that they're worshiping in heaven, but we come in the church and don't worship. I, I scratch my head. I'm like, I, I, I just don't understand that. How, how, how can we cheer for our sports team and praise them and watch them all day, but not come in the church and won't clap your hands, won't say God is good, won't say how, how magnificent he is, you won't say how awesome his glory, you won't say thank you Jesus, you won't say that man, as soon as they score a touchdown, or as soon as they hit a home run, or as soon as they win the championship or a world series, we give, we give them a jubilant shout, we say there we go, thank you, that's what we go, we get to continue to praise and worship them, we were not meant to worship those those things were created to worship him. As a matter of fact, it was a command that says, worship thy Lord, thy God, and only him you shall worship. Yes. Hallelujah. 
He said, listen, whenever the, the, let, me, let, me, let me paint a picture for you, just in case you didn't get that part. Let me paint a picture for you. He said, those four beasts, they said, they, they stayed, day and night, they said, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. But you remember those, those 24 people that were dressed in all white with the crowns on their head. He said, whenever the living creatures in verse 9, hallelujah, give glory and honor and thanks uh, to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down. And before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. That lets you know, folks, we're going to be worshiping. So if you can't worship now, Hmm, I'm not good at math. And if you can't worship now, how do you expect to worship then? See, worship ain't doing that but tell them God how good he is. I don't know if you I don't know if anybody in here haven't had anything good that Jesus have done for us, but I could attest to a few things. If you can't think of anything, let me help you out. He woke you up this morning. You could have been taking a dirt nap today. So I'm let me help you out right then to give him worship and give him praise. Because he, he deserved our, listen, he deserved our worship. He deserved our, not, not just this, not, listen, listen, y'all ain't seen my best praise yet because he deserved my best. I, and one day I'm going to clear the whole flow, I'm telling you, because he deserved our very best praise. Because what? He paid the ultimate price. So if he paid the ultimate price, he should get the ultimate what? Okay, there we go. We preaching now. Everybody go here preaching now. That's what I'm talking about. But he said they fell, they bowed down before the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. The question is, why? Why do we worship him, right? Why do the, the folks might say, why, why do I gotta worship him? Why? Well, oh man, because you gotta, for one thing, you must not understand what he did for you. You must not understand what he paid for you with his own life. You must not understand what he endured. It wasn't the nails that killed him. It was the asphyxiation. He was suffering on the cross. Couldn't breathe. He just suffered there all day. They didn't make it swift. They didn't behead him. They crucified him and let him hang in there. He was beat for us, bruised for us. Oh, that for us. But we can't even tell them thank you. That's a problem. So what's the question? Why? Why do we praise? What does praise do? You know what worship does? You know what worship praise does? It shifts your focus. It shifts your focus. What does it shift your focus to? It shifts your focus to the throne. Instead of focusing on your problems, instead of focusing on all the heartache and pain, instead of focusing on this world, what praise and worship do, when you begin to lift up his holy name, when you begin to praise his holy name, your focus shifts and focus, it shifts to the king of all kings. And what that does for you, my friend, what that does for you, my friend, it changes things because you are now aware of his presence. See, we all know that God is everywhere at the same time, correct? Amen. That means he's here right now. But the distractions of life yeah. blocks us 
for knowing that he's right there. The pain, the problems, the troubles of life distract us from knowing that he's right there. But the moment that you praise and worship him, it shifts the focus to understand that he's right here. And it changes things. Have you ever been going through some things and you turn on your favorite worship song? Have you ever did that before? And you begin to sing and lift your hands. And by the end of that song, the way that you were feeling before is not the way that you were feeling afterwards. You get what I'm saying now? It's the worship. And I'm going to tell you something. In, in Psalms, it tells us that God himself inhabits the people's praise. So that means when we praise and worship him, he moves. That's why it's so important. Don't worry about folks looking at you. Tell them, let them tell you, I'm going to help you out right now. It's going to help you. It's going to help you. It's going to help you. Look at your neighbor. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Tell him you ain't got a heaven or hell to put me in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You ain't got, only one that has that authority is him. Amen. And I'm going to give him that glory. And I'm going to give him that praise. I'm going to give him the praise that is due to this name. He said they, then he, he continued, he said, they lay down their crowns before the throne. It says, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. They're worshiping God. They ain't worrying. About, listen, you can't worry about these folks that are looking at you. It ain't about them. Ain't none of them can change this thing. Only one that can change it is him. I can't focus on you. I came to church to hear the word and focus on him. I ain't, I'm leaving all my problems at the door. I came in to hear the word so I can shift my focus off my problems and focus on the source that can change my problems. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to give him glory, not just on Sunday, you see, because problems present on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Monday, so I'm, I'm going to help you out sometimes. Maybe sometimes you get in your room and you cut on your worship music and you just fall down. If you can't get on your knees, you can sit down too, but you got to open your mouth though. But I, I'd, rather, I'd rather bow down just like they bow down because I'm just practicing, you see? I'm just practicing. So I, when I get up there, I'm like, I got this, Lord. You ain't got to tell me. I got it. Let me, I got this. And he said, and I, I, I I got to I got to uh, rehearse now. I got to rehearse because I'm practicing. When I'm in before the Lord, I'm on my pillow because I got bad knees. And I'm saying, oh, holy, holy, it's the Lord God Almighty who is, who was, and who is to come. Holy, holy, it's the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. Holy, holy, it's the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. And before you know it, things shift. It shifts a little bit, and I get a little excited about that. I can't help myself a little bit. That praise and worship change things. Some of you are battling depression. Some of you are battling marriage problems. Some of you are battling relationship problems. Some of you are battling with children. Some of you are battling with finances. I tell you, that praise and worship changes things. It, it focuses, shifted your focus not on the problem, but the blessings of God. Not on the problem, but another P word, the promises of God. He promised that he'll never leave us, never forsake us. He promised us that he'll be with us even to the end of the world. He promised us that. Don't focus on your problem. Focus on those promises. 
If you receive the word today, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 It must be worship. We must worship him. Hallelujah. He said a time has come where you must worship God in spirit and in truth. That means it just ain't giving a lip service. You actually worship him from your heart. You tell him, Lord, I'm hurting and I need you. Lord, I know that you can supply all of my needs. I know that you can fix it. Who is, who is like you? I, I ask him questions like this. I'm going to help you out. You can take some of this worship with you. I ask him, I said, who can stop you, oh God? There's none like you, oh God. Who can stop you? I can't stop preaching. I can't help it. Who can stop you, oh God? That's none like you. Who can part the Red Sea? Who can rain manna from the sky? Who can tell oh man? Who can make a way out of no way? Who can do who? Who? Who, Lord? Who, Lord? And I, I just start praising now, telling you, y'all might hear me before and I'll be up there sound like I'm moving furniture now because I'm praising God. Hallelujah. We must worship and praise, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, change things. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. I see some of y'all looking like this man don't really lost. I have. I'm just so in love with Jesus. I can't help it. I'm just so in love with him. I got to tell him he's so good. I'm just so in love with him. I got to tell him that he's awesome. I'm so in love when I got to tell him, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for, oh Lord, I was once in the dark, Lord, but now I'm in the light. I thank you. Just sometimes you got to tell him thank you. Oh man. Hallelujah, I'm sweated out my Lord have mercy. At this time, folks, at this time, folks, I'm telling you, it's something about praise. It's something about praise. It's easy to praise God when everything's going right. Easy. Can you praise him? But all hell break loose in your life. Can you praise him when you're hurting? Can you praise him then? He deserve it when we up, and he sure enough deserve it when we down. Hallelujah. The doors of the church is open. Most importantly, why this part of this segment is so important, not just that the doors of the church is open, the doors of heaven is still open. And if you haven't, grab hold to it. If you haven't, say yes. One day, that day, that door don't be closed. And like we said last week, when he closes the door, no man can open it. Make your decision today. Even those who are listening, podcast or anything, make your decision your decision. If you say, Pastor, that ain't, that ain't me. I made my decision a long time ago. But I'm just struggling, man. I'm struggling. First off, let me encourage you. You're a child of the Most High King. You're son and daughter of Christ. Ain't nothing can stop you. But you're saying, Pastor, I I just need some prayer, man. Things just ain't been going right. I just, I just need you. Need some prayer. Man, pastor will pray for you like I never prayed before. It's not the issue of praying also. He's listening. 
it's not just sitting. He's moving into action. The doors of the church is open.